Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. I don't know. What's that? That must be it there. Yeah, the halal food pantry. All right, it's 7.04 on a Friday morning. The pantry doesn't open for another couple of hours and people are already lined up down the block. They've brought baskets or little portable chairs so they can sit down while they wait and they're waiting for it to open. Yes, so before the pandemic, I had covered pantries and you know, there would be a few people in line. If you were walking past, you might not have known that it was a pantry. But when the pandemic hit, the need was just unbelievable. You had job loss, but you also had this pandemic that made it difficult for a lot of people to actually volunteer at the pantries. So a lot of smaller pantries have closed. And I'm not saying like a few, like hundreds closed because they were mainly run by elderly volunteers who just could not be exposed to the virus. So as the number of people who need food assistance is growing, the number of pantries has actually diminished. So these things are happening at the same time. Yes. And one of the reasons you also see so many people in this line is because this line serves um, a lot of immigrants. And so it's like, what are you gonna do if you've lost your job and you have no public assistance? Getting in this line, you know, this is not a choice. This is a necessity. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. For the last eight months, all over New York City. I actually got up around 3 a.m. And when I looked, I saw the line just already there. Lines have wrapped around food pantries. People are going to wait like seven, eight hours just to get some groceries. As a million city residents face new food shortages in the wake of the pandemic. Well, man, something else. I've never seen anything like this, though. I never thought our food pantry would be something like this or there would be such a big need. COVID just changed a whole lot of things. It just changed the entire way of life. Today, as we approach Thanksgiving, a holiday defined by food, social services reporter Nikita Stewart with the story of one day at one food pantry in Brooklyn. 
It's Wednesday, November 25th. this fall, I went with daily producers Annie Brown and Stella Tan to Council of People's Organization, or COPO, a food pantry in a neighborhood called Midwood in Brooklyn. As other pantries have closed, this one has seen its demand skyrocket. We'd never expected this much. I never expected it. We thought it was, you know, we were doing like 60 clients a week. And now it's just unbelievable, thousands at least 2,000 on the line. We meet up with Mohamed Razvi, the executive director and founder of COPO. It's a community-based organization that is to help our Americans and new Americans to fulfill their American dream. Mohamed himself is an immigrant. I came here when I was about six years old with my parents, immigrant from Pakistan. And grew up nearby. I grew up in the Sheepshead Bay Projects in Brooklyn. My dad was running two jobs. My mother was running two jobs, and I grew up on food stamps. Myself, my kids also, but I worked and I worked and I worked. And you know, I got to running five different businesses, and then 9-11 happened, and after 9-11, people came to my stores saying, I need help for immigration services. And I ultimately gave up all my businesses. I sold it all off. And this is all I do for the past 18 years. COPO operates out of a storefront on busy Coney Island Avenue. By 10 a.m., two lines have formed on the sidewalk. To, be on the left side. to one side are seniors and first responders. They'll be given food first. And on the other side is everyone else in a line that wraps all the way around the block. A series of tents are set up in the street where parking spots once were. In this tent that they set up. Filled with boxes and boxes of fresh produce and canned goods. And pallets of food. I see some canned corn, canned collard greens, chickpeas. It's a lot of food. Literally hundreds of boxes. Dozens of volunteers are running around, getting everything organized and ready to be handed out. So the plan for the day is as the line grows, there's going to be one, two, three, four people who are going to start to give them there you go. tickets. 55, 56, 57. And they're going to say, OK, please do not lose your slip, otherwise you will lose your spot in line. Because that's a huge thing we learned. She came about Whoever stopped the car is here. Don't give her no Please, let me, let me take care of this. It's OK. I don't want to argue. Please, just go back. People were fighting. I'm like, I can't believe it. You know, you guys don't fight, please. OK, just for now, just let it be, please. It's one, one extra person right now. Just let it be. It's OK. So it just starts at 10.30. So they're going to, we're going to have a team. What time is it? Is it almost time? Yeah. Almost. Oh, five minutes. So let me go tell Kelsey. Where's she? she oh, give me a second. Dillard. Dillard. 10.25, get Kelsey, do the group. Okay, we're gonna start, guys. At 10.30, after hours of volunteer prep work and hours of people waiting in line, right, it's start. finally time to give out food. Go, Go guys. Who's my number one? You're number one. Vamos aqui, que pasó? Hold this. 
Thank you, Auntie. Come this way. One after another, people step up with their empty bags or carts and move down a line of volunteers. Oh, she get the carrots. The watermelon, then the beets, then the onions, and then we get the cucumbers, the canned fruits, tuna, and tomatoes. And then we get rice, and then we get the beans, and a gallon of milk. Oh, and we got eggs, egg whites. Wonderful, there you go. And then you're also gonna get cilantro. Thank you, go, man. Okay, thank you. Thank you. As people start to be served, shall we walk? Yeah, Could we? Um, we'd love to speak with some people in line. Okay, so let's let's talk. We take a walk down the block to meet folks who are waiting. Hi there. Hi. Can you give your name? What's your name? I'm Sabira. Um, how old are you? I'm 55. Yes, I'm unemployed. And because our store is like a fire dust, because the store filed for bankruptcy, and I'm, I was like a registered cashier. How long have you been coming here? Uh, like a, already like a second month, I think so. We found out what it's, uh, they're giving food, and we start coming. And what time did you get here today? Uh, and I came here like a, around around 4 o'clock and I just uh, put my card. 4 a.m.? Yes, 4 a.m. to put my card and I go home and I come back 8 o'clock. How long have you been coming here to this pantry? About two months. About six months. Last week I came and that's it. May I ask how old you are? I'm 14. 14, and how long have you been coming to this food pantry? Um, I'd say a few months, basically, because my mom, she worked at a nursing home. And my dad, he used to be like a food vendor, so we had no source of income. So we had to resort to here, and it was very helpful, and it helped us. We heard this kind of stuff from nearly everybody, that they started coming only in the past few months. And they had to come because of job losses due to the pandemic. I'm working for the hotel, housekeeper. Making donut, Dunkin' Donut. I sing opera. I worked at Stouffer's, package department. How did you feel coming to the pantries the first time? Oh my goodness, I feel so depressed. Because I never go the line for food. Because all we working, I had 30 years in the company working. So I said, oh my God, but you know, that's a help a lot. What's your name? Natasha. Natasha. And how old are you, Natasha? I'm 32. When did you start coming? So when the COVID-19 started, that's, that's when we started coming because my husband has lost his job and I have two kids. What does your husband do for a living? Oh, so he's a cab driver. Yeah. And uh, it was very, very, very hard for us. Because before, I would think that food pantries is um, something like you, where people go, they're homeless people. But I didn't know that we, as a family, we would be ever in need. 
what did you see in your kitchen or what did you not see in your kitchen where you thought I have to go to the pantry? Yeah, before like we were able to we can we could go to the store at any time we want. We buy any kind of snacks for the kids uh, to have lots of vegetables, a lot of fruits, a lot of you know whole grain pasta and all this. And my older one is four. He was used to going to the store with us and buying whatever he wanted. So it was uh, it was not easy task to explain to him that like right now we're just not able to do that. But slowly, slowly he understands. And now whenever we go to the store, he's like, okay, how much is this? And how much is this? Can we afford that? <laughs> yeah. You talk about snacks for your kids. Yeah. What have you not been able to give them that you could before your husband lost his job? Uh, mostly fruit. Fruit. So. What's their favorite fruit? My favorite fruit or their favorite fruit? Both. What's your favorite <laughs> and what's their favorite? So they really like cantaloupe. Yeah. They really like cantaloupe and watermelon. And that's what I like too. The watermelon and cantaloupe too. Alright, so let's go over there. Hi. Hi there. Hi, good. Trying to see, what time did you get here today? Oh, I get like 8, 8.30, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been coming to the pantry? Oh, this is the first time I'm coming here. Oh, this is the first time? Yes. I heard this is a halal place and I'm a Muslim and I, I'd like to come here to get like halal food. Okay. Um, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. And um, are you working right now? I actually work in a Burger King and they, they are open right now but I am really scared to go there because I have like old parents to take care of and I'm living in a like one bedroom apartment so I don't have place to quarantine for them so so yeah it's really hard time for us I don't know how I say the word it's like I feel like I'm a poor person right now and out of money, I never thought about it because I thought like USA is a dream place where I can live my life. I mean, if it's not like wearing a mask, then I would never come, I think. Because of the mask, I think it's, I feel like um, I, I can protect my identity, like no one can see me and I can get come here and get food. What would you be afraid of if you if you weren't wearing a mask? Why why not come? Uh, because like maybe my neighbor or maybe someone will see me and I don't wanna I don't wanna be in the situation to get free foods because I can work but yeah this is the like nightmare for us. Oh, okay. But actually I didn't know like there will be a long line so. Yeah, I feel like, now I feel like I'm not alone like that, yeah. So my name is Stella, what's your name? Uh, Maria. Maria, and may I ask um, how old you are? Uh, 28. And uh, I see that you have one on the way. How many months are you? Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half, well, almost there. And you're carrying so many bags right now. Yeah, thank you. And what made you first start coming to the pantry? Uh, because I lost my job. I was working on the daycare. I mean, we have to eat. <laughs> and I'm a single mother and I'm pregnant. And I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? So it was horrible for me. I mean, 
I supposed to have twins, but for this virus, it's like, uh, and I lost my job, so it was like uh, the press and everything. So I lost one, but <laughs> it's so uh, it was difficult. But now it's much better. Yeah, thank God. And this has helped a lot. Do you know what you're having? A girl. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a name yet? Yes. Yes, it's Ayana. Oh. Yeah. Why Ayana? It's Ayana. It's a Mexican name. It's uh, for our village. So it means gift from the sky. In the future, maybe she could have like strong woman. Like right now, before she born, she's like fight for the life and everything. So I think she's gonna be a great woman, fighter and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. What number are you on? Uh, 678. And we still have three hours to go. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped 1 million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Wampley.com to learn more. Keep moving, keep moving. Need you to keep moving. Thank you so much. Quickly, guys. Delphi, come out. Shall we get an update from uh, Mohammed about the food situation? Can I ask you for an update about where we are with the amount of food? What have you run out of? I ran out of the milk. Milk is on its way. I ran out of the vegetables, and I ran out of a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this really is slim picking. Remember, when we first arrived, this whole tent was filled with food, and now I just see boxes and boxes of canned tomatoes, but like the Some black cabbage beans. is gone. The watermelons went first. Um, what else was out here? Like cauliflower, carrots, potatoes, yeah. onions. The carrots and potatoes, like just gone. All the produce is gone. The produce is gone. And um, for a lot of people, that's like the most expensive thing, right? So like a bag of black beans, you could find for a dollar or two dollars. You know, produce is very different. Seeing this right now at, what time is it? At 2.20, it now gives me a better understanding of why people were here 
at 4 a.m. and people were putting their carts down at 1 a.m. Keep moving, keep moving. No, no. Seems like a fight over whether or not she can have more oil. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, that must be so hard. It is, it is, because everybody's saying, you know, they need, I know everybody needs, but we got to share with everyone. And that's the objective. Oh, I'm so worried. Right this way. I'm still waiting on my milk. Uh, what are you worried about? I was supposed to get 10 pallets of milk and yogurt, which also I wanted to distribute. And it hasn't come. It hasn't come, so, it, you know, it happens. And so what's happened with the line? Oh, so we told them to wait because in nine minutes I should have a truck here. Oh, nine minutes? Uh-huh. Yeah, hopefully in nine minutes. Okay. So I'm waiting on No, he said 2.30, okay, so it's 2 Mohammed stops the line just before 2.30 to wait for a big shipment of milk and yogurt to arrive. It's now nearly four hours since the food started to be distributed. I was like down the block. You know what I mean? Can I just have what I want? Or do I have to wait here? No, if or you don't want to wait here? for the milk. I can be patient. It's fine. Do you want I'm to wait for the milk? Yes, of course. Okay, gotcha. It's 2.40 in the afternoon. The milk and the yogurt were supposed to arrive at 2.30, and it's still not here. And now people are getting upset. I just needed a cigarette break. Ah, you know what I'm saying, but I can't have one. <laughs> I don't know what else to do, okay? There's just a lot of tension, and that's what I've seen in pretty much every pantry I have gone to. There is some kind of complaint or argument, either between people who are in line or the people in line versus the volunteers. It must be so frustrating to be at the mercy of whenever the food arrives. Well, here's the thing about, you know, covering poverty. What hurts me the most is, like, the lack of choices and the waiting. People who, like, have nothing like the waiting is horrible. I don't think people understand how valuable time is and, you know, the time you have to take. Yeah. For most of my life, I tried not to think about the stuff. I didn't want to think about poverty. So most of my journalistic career, I spent covering politics and political corruption. And then in 2015, the Times asked me if I would be interested in covering social services. And I had to ask myself why I hadn't covered social services in all the years that I had been a reporter. And I realized that it was just because it hit too close to home. Um, my family went in and out of poverty. 
sometimes there were like these great prosperous times and there were other times that we were on food stamps. And I have those memories of going to pick up my free lunch card. Sometimes I didn't go pick it up because I was afraid someone would see me. And other kids would be like, oh, why aren't you eating today? And I'd be like, oh, I'm not hungry. And that was so not true. I was starving. Um, And for the most part, my family uh, kept food. But there were times when, you know, the food stamps had run out and it wasn't the first of the month yet. (laughs) And I remember this time when my mom was at work. My sister and I, um, we opened the refrigerator We opened the freezer and there was very little there except for these two frozen burritos. We had been washing the dishes and when I went to open my burrito, it fell into the soapy water and I couldn't eat it. And I remember my sister split her burrito with me. And that's what we ate that day. And it's something I'll never forget. Just um, thinking about that sharing and the necessity of sharing. And um, so it's really hit me during the pandemic, reporting on the people who've been in the lines. Because I think about, you know, those frozen burritos. And there's this tendency for people like me who've experienced poverty to not talk about it. You want to forget about it like it didn't happen. But if we all keep this secret, it creates a stigma where there shouldn't be one. So I'm glad I'm able to talk about my family's poverty now, um, at least a little bit. Did anyone? Yeah, where, where's the truck? I don't know. It must be down there. I have had the feeling that the truck is about to arrive for about 45 minutes now. The line's gotten longer. I know, I thought it was going to be over, and then I'm like, oh, more people have shown up now. Yeah. Around 3 o'clock. And it looks like this is it the dairy truck finally arrives volunteers get to work unloading it and muhammad starts the line moving again how do you feel now i feel so good now i just wanted to get that stuff to them no you gotta go online it's okay it's all good i'm not gonna drink all that milk the line is back on avenue h go take a walk what's that the line is back to Avenue H. Oh no. <laughs> For another hour, Muhammad and his dozens of volunteers shepherd person after person through the line, giving out whatever they've got left. How do you feel about what you ended up getting today? Actually, I feel really great because they gave us the organic milk, organic chocolate milk. That's chocolate milk for my kids. 
they love chocolate milk. Yogurt, it's also organic, so my kids would love that. Cucumbers are good for salad, I love that too. I find this food super healthy and I am so grateful for the opportunity to, to be here and uh, to get the free food. Awesome, thank you so much. Okay, thank you, sweetie. Take care. By four o'clock, the sidewalk that had been filled with people all day is empty. It's all good. What do you say? Thank God. Thank God we were able to get everybody on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want anybody to turn away. Yeah. You know, because they're here, they need. I feel, it's, it feels good, you know, you gotta be, uh, you gotta count your blessings. I mean, it's a blessing for us to be in these people's lives, you know, for me it definitely is. This is Ollie, one of Copo's staff members. It's a big thing going on over here. I hope it continues. I really do hope it continues after December 31st. Cause that's like, that's like the cutoff right now. We don't know what to do after that. Well, what do you mean that's the cutoff? In terms of funding. This is private foundation. The city didn't give us anything. So we're trying to get money from the city to continue this, but no, they're doing a lot, of, a lot of cuts in the budget. So most pantries in the city operate through private funding. And there are these big question marks about how they'll manage this winter when the pandemic is expected to get even worse. In the past, before the pandemic, a lot of the pantries relied on big time contributors who could give, you know, 100,000, 500,000, a million dollars and that money has kind of dried up. I talked to this one director. He's been calling all of his big-time contributors, and they're saying right now they don't know what the stock market is going to do, so they don't know what they're going to be able to give. This is all really bad news for millions of New Yorkers who are getting in line these days, and tens of millions of people around the country who rely on pantries for their literal survival. You show up at a pantry and you wait for hours and they might run out of food. And if you're struggling financially, you can give up certain things. You can give up new clothes and maybe you don't give gifts to your kids or your grandkids this Christmas. But you can't not eat. Thank you so much for coming. Please, right this way. Let me just give my last ravioli out. <laughs> Muhammad has been on his feet for nine hours nonstop. Thank you. Oh no, thank you for being here, guys. And he's a little worse for wear. So should we, should we take account of your, of your state at the end of the day? You have a bloody finger. Oh man, that's okay. <laughs> you have a lost voice and you have yes. dog poop on your shoe. Oh no. <laughs> I gotta wash my feet now. <laughs> but it's beautiful, there's no line. God bless. Take care, guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, 
Good morning. Good morning, Mohammed. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Thank you for taking my call. I know I know it's a busy time. Yes, absolutely. So talk to me. What's going on? Well, so I guess I'll start here. So when we visited you last, it was already six months into the pandemic and people were making the food pantry into a routine. But now it's November, it's getting cold, it's getting dark, we're heading into the winter and the holidays. And it feels like it would be more difficult now to wait outside the food pantry for hours. And I just wonder, have you felt a change in people's mood or their approach to the food pantry as it's gotten colder? The mood hasn't changed, but they're still in need. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're trying to purchase these heaters. You've never seen in the restaurants, the heaters are in the tents outside. Mm-hmm. It looks like a little umbrella. Right. So they get a little bit of warmth and we're trying to see how we're going to speed it up. Right. You know, we're just trying. Yeah. Well, tomorrow is Friday. And so that is the food pantry's day. And will you be opening? Yeah, we are. We got like, I'm receiving right now as we speak about, I don't know, a few hundred turkeys. Wow. For Thanksgiving. Right. So I was, yeah, they called me yesterday. They said, Mo, you're going to have turkeys. I said, oh, thank God. You know, I was almost in tears. I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do for Thanksgiving for the people, you know? So yeah. they're sending me a trailer of turkey. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be so great. So we're going to be able to distribute it tomorrow. And, you know, people are going to be so happy. And in terms of, like, because last time the, the line was around the block. And so are, are you still seeing people wait around the block? Oh, yeah. Morning? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're still waiting. Yeah. I mean, I was just listening to the news. There's no stimulus check or nothing. They're in a deadlock, and it's it's going to be even more difficult because it's going to be finished on December, I think, 31st. You know, the unemployment checks, the assistance right. that the federal government's giving. So it's really, really more stressful what's going to happen with the people. And you mentioned that your own funding could run out by the end of the year. Is that still the case? Yes, for the food pantry, it's still the case. And we're actually talking to our board members and our private donors, trying to figure out how we can raise more funds. You know, we need to. What happens on January 1st if you don't have more funding? Um, honestly, I'm going to, I mean, my staff, I'm going to ask them, please be volunteers for now. Right now, I have staff almost of one, two, three, four, five, six staff members. And it might go down to like two staff members mm. and continue on a smaller base. And uh, we're going to just dwindle down. We'll probably cut the hours less. I don't know what else to do. Right. How are you feeling about those changes and sort of looking at the end of the year? Um, I'm very stressed out because we really don't want to stop this program at all now. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mohammed. Good luck. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye-bye. We'll be right back. This month, new originals, new episodes. 
Stream all your favorites with the Disney Bundle. On Disney Plus, watch Star Wars The Bad Batch and High School Musical The Musical The Series. On Hulu, originals like The Handmaid's Tale and Shrill. And on ESPN Plus, new episodes of Stephen A's World and the best of MLB. Sign up at thedisneybundle.com. Includes Hulu ad-supported or Hulu no ads. Access content from each service separately. And select ESPN Plus content via Hulu. Terms apply. Copyright 2021 Disney and its related entities. Here's what else you need to know today. On Tuesday, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Minnesota all certified Joe Biden's election victory, rebuffing efforts by President Trump to delay the process. Those certifications, combined with those in Georgia and Michigan, have left Trump with few ways to block or overturn the election results. And... U.S. stock markets surged to record levels on Tuesday after the Trump administration began the transfer of power to Biden and after Biden appointed Janet Yellen, an advocate of government intervention in the economy, as his Treasury Secretary. The stock market Dow Jones Industrial Average just hit 30,000, which is the highest in history. We've never broken 30,000. The Dow Jones Industrial Average which fell below 20,000 points at the start of the pandemic, surpassed 30,000 on Tuesday, a milestone that President Trump, during a news conference, called historic. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Nobody thought they'd ever see it. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you on Monday after the holiday. By working with more than 860,000 companies worldwide, ADP has a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team, or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else, like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.